I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to All Things Policy. I am Pranay, and today I have with me space nerds Utkarsh and Pranav. So let's get started today. And today's topic is obviously about space and the need for a new space policy. So first of all, let's understand why are we even discussing this. So Pranav, what are the global developments in space in recent years? because of which a lot of people are saying that we have entered into a new space age, right? So what are these developments about? So this new space age really began in the early 2000s mm-hmm. when you had private companies entering into the launch business. Launching a spacecraft and developing a rocket was purely a contract basis where NASA or some other country space agency would contract a company to build a rocket for them. Mm. But then we had Elon Musk and uh, Others, like Jeff Bezos, starting to invest heavy number of resources into building private spacecraft. So the first instance is that you had innovation happening in this area, which is the one of the most expensive parts of spaceflight, which is your rockets. Mm. So first you had the innovation. Second, you had your satellite technology improving, where you had the, the miniaturization, you had new sensors being put in, and you had greater investment by smaller companies into making satellites cheaper. So instead of having these enormous satellites which go into three or four tons or even higher, was now being made into a few hundred kilograms. And all these changes culminate together into what becomes of a new space age where it is not only becoming cheaper to launch your payloads, but your payloads themselves are becoming smaller, much more efficient, highly effective in what functions they can perform and can be built by smaller companies. So this is broadly the new space age. At the same time, what you're also having is discussions about space mining, which could be a very, very thriving industry in the near future in about 10 years because all of these services are going down because the costs are coming down. Space mining will probably become a reality. Mm. And under these changes, you have private companies who are really taking this opportunity to build, to 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 to, in, to innovate and build uh, new things. Uh, for example, there are some companies like uh, Rocket Lab, which are building very, very cheap rockets. Mm. You have about 15 private launch companies, which are targeting different uh, segments of the launch services. For example, you have some launch services like Rocket Lab and Vector, who really want to capture the small satellite industry for the low Earth orbit. And then you have SpaceX, which is aiming for the higher orbits and heavy launch capability. Okay, so before you go into the details, so broadly, a few things, if I may summarize, are one, there is a huge influx of private players in the sector, which is a result of regulatory changes in the policy, basically encouraging private players to do this. And there is a significant drop in the the metric that here used is how much uh, rupees you need to spend or how many dollars you need to spend 
to get one kg uh, of satellite, right? That's the mm. metric. So that is significantly fallen. That's one factor. The second one is geopolitical competition, right? Even the last passage was fueled by this competition between US and Russia, and now it's probably US and China. Uh, and the third uh, factor would be uh, a whole bunch of uh, new applications coming in, and the demand for those applications like remote sensing and uh, good camera images for a lot of things right mm-hmm. so these are the new things utkarsh would you like to add anything on this yeah i would just want to start with some numbers uh, mm-hmm. so the global space industry is estimated to be valued at 350 billion dollars today okay. and it is uh, supposed to go up to 550 billion dollars in 2025 okay india currently is at only 7 billion dollars Mm. which is around 2% of the global space industry. Oh, okay. Even yeah. though we are one of the leaders in this. Exactly. Yeah. So we are one of the very few countries who have actually landed something on the moon. And we are the leaders as in a lot of space activities till now, right? Just uh, some numbers about the budgets. US has a 39 billion dollar uh, space budget, China around 6 billion dollars, Russia 5 billion dollars and India is at 1.1 billion dollars as of these numbers. but currently this has grown to somewhere around 1.5 1.7 billion dollars mm. so at the very outset isro although has done a credible job of of uh, launching satellites launching private satellites uh, it's uh, remote sensing satellites communication satellites so on and so on but we are still behind in terms of private sector competition and there is a lot of untapped capacity and that needs private sector intervention right so i think there's a a good trivia question to throw up here uh, which is the entity which has the most number of satellites in space now it's the united states um, it has over 600 not satellites. united states as in united states is composed of now based on what you said it is composed of private sector players it is composed of nasa it has so which of the entities in this has the most number of satellites it is planet.com right because it has so many of these nano satellites which are there oh, right yes. so uh, the it just illustrates the fact that we have already moved to an era where it's not that only government agencies put objects in space mm-hmm. there are and the largest number is not by nasa for example we yeah. would uh, directly assume it would be nasa mm-hmm. but there are smaller satellites etc which are now run by private players and they are now more than what nasa would in be. fact elon musk has also said that spacex would launch 40 or 42000 satellites by 2025 or 2023 yeah that's a starlink which will provide yeah. high speed internet from internet space internet from space right. right so we are already at the cusp of this change right where mm-hmm. there are different players coming in and that is totally going to change the way the space sector is currently traditionally it has always been seen as because there's a lot of research required there's a lot of risk uh, which will be taken and the uh, the gains are not very easily visible so it was thought of as a classic case where government needs to play a role mm-hmm. but now i think the fundamental thing which has changed is the demand has risen so there are people actually want some of these satellite imagery and remote sensing yeah. the applications have improved so because of the change in demand function uh, i think private players are also getting interested and yeah. india is no exception there are a lot of private companies in india doing various things in launch and uh, satellites etc as well in right? fact there are, are around 25 new space startups which have come up in the last 5 years okay. new space means the companies who do not take the support of the government space agencies or who are not or primarily suppliers to isro 
Oh, but actually intend to go out in space and do their businesses independently. But here's the catch. Uh, all this innovation is possible because of government regulatory frameworks. And you spoke about the demand side. Even on the supply side, you have in countries like the United States and Europe, you have so many private players entering this market because they see that there is a huge demand and they want to be the supply. Mm. This period is very limited. It's a very, very small window where you could enter because once you have the enormous number of supply, you won't have the demand because you already have so many players offering very, very competitive prices. So for India, it's very, very important that our regulatory framework allows for our private companies to enter the space in the very small wind window that we have. Okay, so let's get to this question. You began with saying this is a $350 billion and going to go yeah. to $550 billion. But mm-hmm. India having just a very small portion of it. Yeah. Why? Why is that the case then? So one of the reasons is because we do not have a national space legislation which can actually enable private sector to come in and take up some of the load that ISRO is is carrying right now. So there are many reasons that we need a space policy for. We have already talked about capacity and how there's a requirement of a private sector to come in. Just as an example, one third of the transponders used for broadcasting satellites are from are leased from the foreign satellites. So uh, ISRO is not able to provide that. There, there needs to be an increased access to space. We have already talked about uh, how space is a difficult sector to do business in. And there's a need for government support to actually incentivize and actually build these companies, help these companies to build from the bottom up and become reliable players at the global stage. There are many other requirements and uh, which arise out of international space law as well. So uh, India is a signatory of the Outer Space Treaty 1967 and is a member of the uh, Committee on Peaceful Use of Outer Space. So uh, how international treaties work is they uh, define certain directions for sovereign nations. So a person or an private entity's actions is never governed by international space law. It is actually governed by state uh, state law. So all these international treaties need to be harmonized into state law by this Indian state. Uh, This is one of the reasons that we need a space policy. Other ideas like liability. So if every activity that originates from a country, the liability for a mishappening goes to the country of registration. If I as a private entity launch a rocket into space and if it happens to have an accident and it damages the environment in space, is the liability will come on to India and India is supposed to get its fair share of money from me. So that framework needs to be defined and it needs to be clear so that people know what to expect and how to go about it. One of the ways how this is done in many advanced space nations is, is there's a calculation of maximum probable loss according to which every space activity is insured uh, before going into space, right? And if if above, if there's a mishap or an accident, the insurance pays for that amount. And there are also caps to which insurance is required. Above that, at there are indemnification clauses which say that, say, if 200 million was the insurance required and if the damage causes 500 million, the rest of it, the states will cover right. to promote more private action into space activities. Okay, so we identified that there's an opportunity in space, that sector is changing and we decided, we came to know that India is not one of the leaders in that, even though we have a thriving space program, one of the most successful ones in India. So, and you're saying that's why we need a new policy which can enable this. So what do we need to do? So firstly, we need to change the regulatory structure of the space activities in India. Hmm. 
currently isro is a research organization that facilitates frontier uh, scientific research on the frontier space science and technology it is a service delivery organization which launches satellites into space maintains space satellites it's uh, carries on earth observation activities it's a regulatory body so if a private entity wants to come and launch something uh, launch a space object it will have to take permission from isro mm. and it's a compliance body it's a licensing body mm. so isro is kind of the be all and end all of indian space industry mm. so basically instead of being one entity doing scientific research it has taken the burden of doing everything and it has sort of blocked other activities from happening we might not actually it might not have blocked it but the fact is the incentives here would be very complicated because it's doing yeah. the job of everyone right this mm. is problematic on basically two levels mm. isro does not have the capacity to do that mm. and the mandate of isro should be that of a research organization to to produce the best of scientific knowledge on space and be a thought leader there the second there are some conflicts of interest in this as well because if isro is launching a satellite and isro is also uh, regulating and licensing other private players it is basically both a player and an umpire in the field right yeah. mm. there is no separation of powers uh, when we look at it from an institutional design perspective so mm. this needs to be changed so what we actually recommend is there needs to be a an independent regulatory authority called the space regulatory authority of india which is responsible for multiple things these things are licensing space objects it's a uh, be it launch vehicles be it payloads or be it spacecrafts uh, manned space flight and so on and so forth it is responsible for uh, laying out best practices prescriptive best practices for the world and laying out laying out minimum technical and safety guidelines that every space activity and every space object should follow hang on so basically you are attacking the government essentially saying that the government is not doing enough and you are you want to privatize space isn't that what you want to do that's what lot of people will ask you in fact i would say isro is one of the more efficient government organizations and it has actually brought glory to our nation and in recent years there is a lot of interest in what isro is doing what we are trying to say is is build a structure which is more enabling so that isro can do its job better as well as private sector can actually uh, come up and thrive in this environment where there is a lot of demand right so i guess what you're saying is we need to enable isro to do the great things it is already doing and probably it should be doing a lot more yeah. uh, and there are a lot of other things which are no longer at you know at the cutting edge of uh, space development like uh, putting a satellite in the remote sensing orbit i think there are many companies which Correct. can do that even developing that kind of satellite there are indian mm-hmm. startups which can do it so mm-hmm. uh, the idea is how can we leverage both private sector and the government to push our uh, space program forward uh, mm-hmm. right that delineation and demarcation needs to be done we are not talking about just get isro and private sector uh, just get government out of this or something yeah. like that right yeah. Yeah. so basically everybody operating to the best of their comparative advantages and mm-hmm. making space activities in india go the way it should go right okay so you said for that you need to have first a space regulatory authority which is sort of an independent organization what will this body do why do we need it so uh, firstly it will be an independent organization hmm. independent of isro it will uh, license all the space activities is that happen out of india it will be the compliance and monetary body so basically if somebody wants to open a spaceport there needs to be a license that needs to be given by srai 
However, there'll be regular audits and checks on the spaceport so that they are following all the rules and regulations that have been laid down. So this is something that they have to do. They also have to lay down the regulations and basic rules and guidelines that every space activity should follow. Hmm. So these are the major functions that SRAI or the Space Regulatory Authority of India should do. Yeah. So conceptually, you are taking out the regulatory role away from ISRO, which you are trying to make it focus on probably on research, right, as a main role. And then this uh, separate regulatory function is carved out into this Space Regulatory Authority of India, much like how TRAI was done for the telecom sector. And this sort of is one umpire which looks at private players and the government player at an equal footing, right? Yeah. Okay. So basically, they, uh, they charge licensing fees. Then they, uh, for the authorizations and the licensing they do, basically they are the licensor and the regulator for all the space activities that are arising out of India, Mm. as simple as that. Mm. We are also proposing another independent judicial body called the Space Dispute Settlement Appellate Tribunal. So uh, this body would comprise of uh, judges on deputation to tackle all the issues related to disputes and space appeals is specifically. Mm. So this would bring in better turnaround times for space cases. And since space is also a very technical field, not all courts would have the expertise to deal with the appeals that arise out of space disputes and space activities that are inevitably likely to happen when more private players and more players enter into the space. So SGSAT would also tackle with its complaints against the SREI. So if a licensee has a complaint against the, against the SREI, which is the licensor, about not being treated on an equal footing, about being denied a service or denied a license, they can actually challenge the decision in the SGSAT. Okay. These are the two main institutional changes you want to bring. So how how exactly do you anticipate these helping the private sector? So uh, firstly, they'll be independent. So they'll lay down their guidelines so that private sector can actually uh, ask them what to do and what not to do. They'll be independent of the ISRO, so there'll be no uh, conflict of interest, as I said, between a player and an umpire. And it'll just bring in more clarity and efficiency into the space framework as more and more players enter into the system. So it will basically clear regulatory hurdles and enable pathways for some of the private sector companies, startups to play a role. For example, if there is a company which wants to launch its constellation of uh, remote sensing satellites, so it would be much easier for them to do with this framework than it is now. What what do they have to do now? Uh, At at present, what are the rules like? So right now, they have to uh, go to ISRO and ask for permissions. Mm. So, for example, when Cartosat 3 was launched on November 27th on a PSLVC 47, I think, think, uh, there were 13 other satellites, US satellites, which were launched alongside the Cartosat 3. So all these companies whose rockets were launched had to go through Antrix or, or the New Space India Limited company which is the commercial arm of ISRO Mm. and ask them to launch their satellites. Mm. So what we are saying is we'll also carve out another commercial entity of ISRO called Bharat Space Corporation which will be responsible for managing all the legacy technologies of ISRO. So basically in this example as well, Cartosat was the most uh, advanced remote sensing satellite that India has built. This was the frontier technology that ISRO had worked on. But 
बट लॉन्चिंग इट इन टू स्पेस ऑन पी एस एल वी वॉज नॉट समथिंग न्यू दिस वॉज बिल्ड डन ऑन लेगेसी टेक्नोलॉजी एंड इसरो हैज बीन डूइंग दिस फॉर अ वेरी लॉन्ग टाइम दिस वुड बी डन बाई दी न्यू कमर्शियल एंटिटी विद अ प्रॉफिट मोटिव दिल से दैट दे हैव से फिफ्टीन स्लॉट्स ऑन दी सैटेलाइट हुएवर वॉन्ट्स टू लॉन्च दिस सैटेलाइट कैन कम टू दैम पे सर्टन मनी एंड गेट दिस सैटेलाइट लॉन्च एज सिंपल इज दैट एंड दे कीप द प्रॉफिट्स ऑफ इट सो इट बी अ फॉर प्रॉफिट एंटिटी वर्किंग ऑन दी legacy technologies of isro be it launch vehicles or be it uh, commercial sat be it remote sensing satellites or communication satellites and this private entity would actually be able to design its own plans of say whether it wants to launch 20 uh, 20 satellites whether it wants to build uh, 15 earth earth imaging satellites whether it wants to say uh, have a gp uh, navigation satellite these are the priorities that this organization would would decide on the basis of whether they can turn a profit in this or not so i think more broadly the new regulatory framework will will attract foreign companies to launch in india and here's why right mm-hmm. suppose an indian launch service that is attracting foreign players and the problem with space currently is that the 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 launch service is shared by many companies suppose one of the foreign satellite companies says that hey look my satellite was not launched in the correct orbit i need justice i need compensation because my satellite has to be in the correct orbit to function they can go to the appellate board and get justice mm. this is not something which is very easy to do right now in any country right getting justice because your satellite was launched in the wrong orbit mm. so in that sense india will become a very attractive market for satellite companies across the world to operate in the country because first there is some guarantee of liability and second there is some form of insurance that your your money will be spent worthwhile and will be spent judiciously so it will attract foreign players and it will help indian companies who might let's say if there's a launch company which Uh, is an indian company right and there might be foreign uh, companies which want to launch their satellite so they can then use the indian private company for doing this launch because launch slots are the critical bottleneck in this sector right yeah. and we can change that if we have more companies and we are not even talking of things which will be 5 or 10 years down the line there are already indian companies which are doing that right yeah. utkarsh can you just give us an overview of some of the indian companies what kind of work they are doing because i think it will be valuable for our listeners to know so yeah astrom is building communication satellites okay it's so that uh, it can provide internet connectivity to the remote parts of the country okay rocketeers is building small rockets i think in yeah, for scientific those, purposes yeah those are uh, rocketeers currently the, that's for education Educational not, purposes. not for launching uh, astrogate and then there is uh, uh, there is skyroot right Sky which is, is doing th- so they have already developed their own uh, uh, launch launch, uh, vehicle. Uh, launch vehicle and that launch vehicle basically will be able to get you to the polar mm. orbit right yeah. that's uh, and maybe in one or two years it will be uh, a reality mm. so we will have an equivalent to something what pslv does currently for isro there yeah. might be another launch vehicle uh, yeah. then there is pixels as well right pixel is doing something uh, on earth imaging satellites so they are building satellites and they are, they'll be using that data to provide value added saas products mm. space as a service products mm. to companies say these products can be used for uh, mapping agriculture over a period of time mapping forest fires right. grazing on the land 
disaster management and stuff like that right so basically uh, they'll be doing creating a constellation of imaging satellites yeah. which will provide all these services to yeah. people right and yeah. so that's so quite exciting stuff right there are a mm. lot of things which are happening in this sector even in india in spite mm. of the current regulatory uncertainty yeah. so uh, what will happen if we don't have this new space whatever the bill that you're talking about what's the alternative the government i believe has something called the new space activities bill uh, right it's actually called the space activities bill 2017 okay. Hmm. in uh, now it has lapsed because more than 2 years have passed hmm. so some of the major problems with this was uh, it provided an umbrella uh, sort of regulation and said all space activities had a very broad definition and this is how they will be regulated hmm. so there was no specific space based activities distinction so for example somebody who launches a satellite versus somebody who uses earth imaging satellites and added adds value and sells it to downstream customers have very different risk profiles right. and financial Absolutely. considerations yeah. and they should be regulated very differently right mm. so this is not what the space activities right. so broadly what you're saying if you are going to be a launch vehicle company obviously you will have to follow many more rules laws etc but Correct. if you are if you just want to uh, use the satellite imagery Yeah. the restrictions on you should be much lesser and you're yeah. saying this bill didn't do all these things yeah okay. so basically say somebody who wants to launch a manned space flight in hmm. in the right. future hmm. this is not very futuristic in fact uh, i think virgin's founder yeah. is planning to Man do that right hmm. so if somebody wants to do that they'll obviously have to go through much stricter regulation because there's human life involved yeah. and there is a much more high much higher risk involved in this activity as compared to using images of a satellite right mm. so what we have tried to do is build specific regulations for specific space activities and try to define which organization needs to build guidelines and rules for these specific activities a policy would give a broad framework of what organizations have to be established and what are their major functions and these organizations basically sraai and sd SAT will give specific rules and regulations according to the space activities which need to be followed. Mm. So what this does is not every small change has to go through a parliament sanction. These independent established bodies would be able to write a uh, sub legislation keeping in mind the changing nature of activities in the space sector. Right. which is very dynamic so what did the space activities bill do it didn't do all these things no it did not uh, talk about specific space based activities and as i said the space activities was a very broad definition everything and anything was mm. covered so it was not clear who is liable for what what is their responsibility uh, how they should go about it and stuff mm. like that it was it said that this this activity would be licensed and regulated by the gov- by the indian government there was no nodal body appointed for it so there was no clarity in the sense that who is responsible for giving me the license and who is who am i accountable to mm. and who should i go to if i have a problem right but does it uh, actually delineate the uh, various things that isro is doing the activities bill like for example you what you were proposing was that isro should be you know done into multiple separate organizations because they are doing many things at the same time does the space activities bill imagine that no it does not in okay. fact it just talks about all the activities and it says india should be a leader mm. and isro okay. is the body 
that is doing it all. So institutionally, it still retains the status quo yeah. where ISRO is the regulator and the player and the service provider and, and the, the compliance agency yeah. and all that. Right. So that mm-hmm. is, I think, the major problem with the yeah. space activities bill because it doesn't. Uh, reimagine the institutional structure which is and, critical for enabling and does not space. specifically look into different types of space activities okay. which are very different right i think just broadly going back to what will be the implications of not having a new regulatory framework is mm. that india will simply lose out in this new space race mm. because you will have so many suppliers uh, you will have a lot of demand which is captured by these suppliers that India will just not have, Indian companies will just not have the space to operate in the way the other foreign companies operate because they have a first mover advantage where they've got to innovate much, much more and they've got to think through some of these issues. And if we don't have a new space policy in the next year or so, um, India will be left way back in the new space race. Yeah, I think more tangibly, the we should look at space as a means to help us get to prosperity, right? There, there yeah. will be new companies, companies making money and also the demand side of it. We might be able to uh, have new applications which weren't possible before. So what happens with this is basically if the regulatory environment doesn't enable us to do that, uh, two things happen. One, fewer companies will start at the margin, a person, if they are thinking whether I should imagine, start a space-based startup, they won't go into this because of the regulatory confusion. Second, the people who are already there will just move out of India, right? It's not, yeah. they, and this, uh, it's quite mobile, this area, right? So mm-hmm. there are companies which can easily have their uh, base in other countries where the regulatory environment is more supportive of them. So we'll just lose them out, right? In fact, I would point out there'll be some second order effects as well because a lot of government schemes like digital India, digital payments, all these rely on fast internet connectivity. And for internet connectivity and telecommunications, uh, putting satellites into space is the easiest way now. So if this does not happen... Not only will the private sector move out, India as government will also not be able to implement its schemes like smart cities and digital India effectively as well as they want to. Mm-hmm. Fine. So basically what we discussed today is that uh, we are in the second space, new space age, right? Yeah. And there are, it is characterized by a large participation of the private sector. And we, if we want to take advantage of that in India, we need to do a bunch of regulatory institutional changes. Yeah. Otherwise, we will lose out on that. And as I say, we will have to make another Swades movie later <laughs> and then ask Indian <laughs> Uh, scientists to come back to India. Yeah. So this is the way if you want to avoid watching another Shah Rukh Khan movie, we can stop <laughs> that by having a new space policy which yeah. does that. Okay, thanks Utkarsh and Pranav. Uh, thank you. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila INST or our website takshashila.org.in.